Welcome back into the Thomas Fitch Sports Show. We are finally back after taking a week off. A lot has happened, uh, but at the end of the day, it is OU week, OU hate week. So it's currently 11:22 right now, and OU sucks. So let's get started. All right, so yes, we did miss a week last week, a lot of schoolwork, but this week should hopefully make up for missing the last one. Anyways, last time on the Thomas Fitch, Thomas Fitch Sports Show, Texas Football Recap, Texas wins a huge game versus USC. Are they back? Many say yes, but Thomas says not yet. Plus, Thomas projects Boston College to be undefeated come week nine, and also undefeated Virginia Tech, and Vandy should be able to pull an upset on Notre Dame. Now let's catch up on what you've missed. Texas is back, question mark. Big win over TCU and then Kansas State puts the Horns at 4-1 and one heading into the Red River rivalry, rivalry. Plus, Boston College, yes, the one that I said would be undefeated come Week 9, loses to winless Purdue. And Virginia Tech, the other team who I said would be undefeated come Week 9, loses to Old Dominion. So clearly those predictions didn't come true. Who cares? It's a podcast. Nobody double-checks those. Anyways, um, I also project, predicted Vandy to beat Notre Dame. That didn't happen, but it's a good thing that this is a primarily Texas football podcast. So let's talk about some Texas football. Big win over TCU uh, two weekends ago. Really a dominating win, um, winning by 15 points, um, and really getting off the uh, the whole monster that's been TCU uh, dominating Texas, winning five of the last six matchups um, since TCU joined the Big 12. Um, really one of these, that in the USC game, that feels like the offense and defense both clicking at the same time, something that really hasn't been there for Texas. It's either been the offense doing well while the defense struggles or vice versa. But at this point, both, both sides of the ball really clicking. Um, Caden Stearns balled out in that game, two interceptions. He's a true freshman. Um, he's going to be really good, just has a good head on him. Herman said after the game, he's one of the most mature guys he's ever seen on the field, off the field. Um, just has a knack for the game, and that's really exciting. Um, Colin Johnson also uh, tore up the TCU game, had an incredible diving catch in the end zone. So let's move on to the Kansas State game this past weekend. A um, little bit less exciting than the TCU game. Um, it was a trap game going up into Manhattan in between uh, two rivalries, um, two ranked teams before OU. Um, absolutely a trap game, never easy to win in Manhattan. Texas hadn't won in Manhattan since 2002. Um, they do come out with the win, winning 19-14, to um, but it was kind of an ugly win. Texas started off fast. They go up 19-0, um, but they go scoreless in the second half, hold on to win 19-14. So let's get into our offensive and defensive breakdowns. Offensively, um, don't quite know what to say on this one. Um, like I just mentioned, 19 points in the first half, none in the second. Um, and a, a big reason for the stall was the fact that Tim Beck wasn't there to call plays. Um, obviously, he was hospitalized due to an infection, and so that leaves Tom Herman, and they had another offensive assistant just in, up in the booth calling plays. And so when that happens, um, if, if you saw any clips of Tom Herman on the sideline, he just looks stressed the whole time. He's holding three, three clipboards, playbooks, just trying to make plays and manage the team. Um, what he said after the game was he felt that once they got up 19-0, the play call got really conservative. Um, and uh, in the first half, there were a lot of trick plays. There was uh, there were wide receiver throwbacks. Ellinger caught a pass. Um, just a lot of trick plays that they dialed up. And then they get up 19-0. Um, the team isn't taking shots down the field. 
um, and a lot of three and outs happen. So um, that's just what happens when you're not having your main play caller there in the game. Um, that's expected. Um, and so looking at that, I would say offensive performance, not terrible. But, um, you know, it only scoring uh, 19 points and scoring zero points in the second half, never a good look. Um, Ellinger played all right, definitely not his best game um, from top to bottom. Um, however, it was a game without turnovers, and that is one thing that we've mentioned he struggled with last season um, was late-game turnovers. And it definitely there were many times in the game where it felt that here's the point where Sam, you know, throws the interception that leads to Kansas State coming back and winning the game. That didn't happen. Um, and still threw for over 200 yards. Um, but like I said, the team didn't take many deep deep shots in the second half. And, um, you know, when you're not doing that, that just makes the offense so one-dimensional. Um, and I get that they were trying to be conservative, but there comes an extent to where, you know, you're beating Kansas State because you have your foot on the gas and you take your foot off the gas and Kansas State comes back in the game. As far as the running game, uh, Ingram comes back. He's finally healthy again. He ran well, 10 carries for 68 yards. Um, at this point, I know he's not the starter, but he's definitely the better back. Um, has more speed, has more agility. Um, Watson definitely runs harder than Ingram, um, but he only had seven carries for 24 yards. Um, and that kind of goes back to the whole one-dimensional aspect of the game. Um, is in the second half, when, you're not, when, the, when the deep threat isn't there, it doesn't open up the running game. That's what's opened up the running game in the past for Texas is the deep shots. And um, when there's the threat that Texas could go deep, that opens up running up the middle, that opens up running on the sides. And that wasn't there until the running game stalls in the second half. Um, looking at wide receivers, Colin Johnson, Lil' Jordan, another great game by them, um, combined for, uh, I believe, 11, 11 catches, over 100 yards, um, and they're just absolute weapons. Colin Johnson had an incredible um, little fade catch in the end zone, just using his athleticism, um, his height uh, to do that. So great game by them. Um, but, you know, it's tough. It's, it's always tough to look at a game and say, okay, we scored zero points in the second half. Um, it's, hard, it's hard to have confidence in your offense. But, you know, it's, it's a good Kansas State team. I know they've struggled this year, but it's still Bill Snyder. And you're still playing on the road, and no matter what, that's tough. Uh, Bill Snyder gets his guys ready to play, no matter how talented they are, and um, and so because of that, you know, any win in Manhattan is impressive. Like I said, Texas hadn't won in Manhattan since 2002. So regardless, coming into coming into Manhattan in a trap week, getting the win, um, that's huge. And you know, I think Texas started. They started obviously start off the first half well, going up 19 nothing. I definitely think there's a chance that they go in the locker room up up by 19 points and start thinking about the OU game. And kind of, you know, that's why they kind of took the second half off to an extent is you're thinking, okay, we're up 19 nothing. We're going to move up in rankings. We're going to get college game day. It's OU. If we beat OU, all of a sudden we could be, you know, ranked really high, you know, being a contender for, you know, the national championship. And instead of, you know, and instead of focusing on the game, and I think that's definitely a possibility. I think as a coach, you can definitely um, keep players from thinking like that um, in the week leading up to the game, but it's a lot harder during the game to manage that. So I think that's definitely a possibility. Um, on the defensive side, um, I would say, honestly, pretty solid. Um, kind of opposite, well, the same as offense as far as um, they gave up zero points in the first half, 
uh, play really good, and they gave up two touchdowns in the second half. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, 14 points is pretty low um, as far as giving up points-wise, but the defense just didn't look great in the second half. Kansas State did a good job of driving, and they really went on long drives. That was the thing that killed Texas was they only had four, possess- four possessions in the second half. Um, and you can't do a lot with four possessions in the second half, and that's because Kansas State was going on four, five, six-minute drives. Um, and that just takes up the clock. Unfortunately for Texas, because their drives are so long, um, it didn't really give Kansas State a chance to really fully get back into the game. Um, another thing about the defense was Kansas State switched quarterbacks at halftime. And um, they went from Alex Delton, who's more of a, a mobile quarterback, to Skylar Thompson, who has the better arm. And so while I'm sure Texas prepared um, for both guys, um, Alex Delton was the starter going into the week, so I'm sure they were doing a lot more preparation for Delton. So when Thompson comes in, you're having to completely throw out what you've been working on the whole week and go to a whole new scheme. Um, and so I think that definitely explains for um, some of the struggles in the second half. Um, but again, 14 points, 217 yards. Um, that's, not, that's not a bad defensive game um, at all. Um, Charles Aminahu, probably his best game, him and Brecken Hager, um, probably his best game so far. The front seven played really good. Um, you know, and, and the whole reason that Skylar Thompson came in was because Texas shut down the running game so well that Bill Snyder said, you know, can't run the ball, so you're going to have to start passing. Um, and so Brecken Hager had a great game. Charles Aminahu had two sacks, one of which being a safety. Um, the secondary was pretty quiet, and, you know, that's, that's the sign of a good secondary. If you're not talking much about the secondary, that's because they weren't getting burned and they were shutting down the receivers. Um, and again, that part of that was because Kansas State didn't throw a ton. Um, but when they did, um, you know, there weren't a lot of catches. And, and granted, there were some dropped uh, balls, um, which is this is the second game that Texas has won against, you know, in a close game where the team they've played against has dropped a bunch of big passes that probably would have made it a much closer game. Um, but uh, uh, the, the two quarterbacks, Delton and Thompson, combined 11 of 25 for 110 yards. Um, so really good job by the secondary shutting that down. Um, I, I would say the thing that really hurt Texas the most in this game was penalties. Um, and this, this is one thing you always say when you're going to play in Manhattan is if you're going to beat Bill Snyder at home, you're going to have to manage penalties. Kansas State had zero penalties in that game. And that is, that's the most Bill Snyder team thing to do because Kansas State historically um, is a very disciplined program. And clearly zero penalties is very disciplined. Texas, 10 penalties, 104 yards. That has a big, big influence on the game, having 104 yards of penalties. And that's a big reason why Kansas State was able to make it a close game at the end of the day. Um, but other than that, I would say defense uh, probably more impressive than the offense in this game. Um, let's move on to special teams, a little special teams minute. Uh, Cameron Dicker, his struggles kind of continue. Uh, he was one of two, made a 28-yarder, missed a 48-yarder, and he's young. I still think he has a lot of potential um, going forward, but he's really any kick he's had over 30 yards just looks completely different from the kicks he has in, inside of 30 yards. His kicks, you know, his short field goals, his extra points look really pretty good height. Um, and then he goes and tries to kick from 40, 45, 50 yards, and it's a low knuckleball kind of ugly kick. And I don't know what the difference is, 
I don't know if that's just nerves or if he feels like he really has to kill it, but he definitely needs to work on that. Um, but again, he is a true freshman. He has a lot of time to develop. Uh, the other two true freshmen on the special teams, Ryan Bachevsky had three punts, 110 yards, 36.7 average. Not bad saying that one of his punts was blocked. Um, you know, and, and he struggled so far this year. I'd say probably his best game had a 44 yard punt. He's, it feels like he's starting to get more comfortable, still kind of struggling to settle in to an extent, but definitely getting more comfortable. Um, but it's just hard on special teams when both of your starters are true freshmen, you're going to have struggles. That's going to happen. Um, but, um, I would say overall, not a bad performance for saying they're true freshmen going on the road in Manhattan, which is a tough place to play. So let's look forward to the, uh, OU game. Like every year, it's really a toss up game, regardless of talent. You look back to 2015, where Texas beats OU, goes on to finish 5-7, and seven, and OU goes on and plays in the college football playoff. This game is all about who comes in with the most intensity, who wants it more, because it's a typical rivalry game. That's what happens. Um, the big question for Texas will be, how can you manage Kyler Murray? Um, because you need to pressure him. If you blitz too much, though, he's going to get out and he's going to run around you. We've seen him in the past this season just running all over defenses because he is so agile and he can just move around you. Uh, but if you don't pressure at all, he's going to go deep and they have really quick right, wide receivers and they're just going to um, they're going to beat you there. And so it's it's tough, but our Todd Orlando is going to have to get really creative with his blitzes and that's what he's been known for in the past and I feel like so far this year he's kind of struggled to get creative now again Kansas State game three sacks that was definitely an improvement from the past couple games but he's gonna have to get creative in this game because you can't just rush everybody or not rush anybody um, because if you do if you rush everybody Kyler Murray's gonna run around you and scramble all game long if you don't rush anybody he's just gonna beat you with his arm and so that's where they're gonna have to be really creative my feel is that this is gonna be a really high scoring game because OU's defense is not great this year. Um, you look at, they gave up some 30-something points to Iowa State two weeks ago. Um, Army, they almost lose to Army. Um, and that was another thing. OU's definitely a beatable team. And I think the past couple years, OU's kind of had this invincible feel to them. They have Baker Mayfield um, leading the team. They have a lot of experience everywhere else. But this is a team that almost lost to Iowa State, had to go to overtime to beat Army, who is not a great team. So this is definitely a team that Texas can beat. And so um, the key for Texas to doing that obviously is slowing down Kyler Murray. You're not going to stop Kyler Murray. He's great. Um, he's, he's one of the best players in um, college football right now, and it's insane to think that you're going to stop him. So your goal as a team is just to slow him down as much as you can. Offensively, um, Texas has to put up points because if they can't score against this defense, it's going to be a really long day. Uh, because like I said, you're only going to be able to slow down Kyler Murray. OU's going to score points in this game. And so if you want to compete, you're going to have to match that. Um, I believe the over-under is 60 for this game. I would take the over. I think it'll be really, really high scoring. Um, but this is going to be a big game for Ellinger to kind of prove that he can win big games. Because even in the big games that, have, um, that he's played in this year, USC, TCU, those teams were ranked, but they weren't ranked highly. And, you know, by the end of the season, those teams may not be ranked. This OU team is legit. And if he wants to prove that he's the starter, he's the leader of this team, 
he's going to have to lead this team and um, and really manage turnovers. Um, so that's kind of my take on that. Um, just a little bit of uh, hype for this week. Um, I'm, we'll have some clips if you're watching on YouTube or uh, if you're listening, we'll uh, add some audio. So last week, OU Student Television, um, they're displaying their great journalism ethics. They threw the horns down on TV. Here's the clip of that. I'm going to go with Texas. Okay. That's game. I think they'll win. Don't worry. But I'll say Texas will be the toughest game left. Look, I hear you, man. I really do. But the thing is that Texas sucks, so we're not even worried about it. Not even worried about it. So my first thought of this was, well, that's poor journalism. Displaying bias, throwing the horns down on TV. But you know what? Screw it. It's OU hate week. Roll the tape. Sooners in school telling me UT ain't this, UT ain't that. Shut the f up. Y'all don't even know. All y'all talk about is UT ain't this, UT ain't no hitter, UT a fake. Shut the f up. Seven. This anger that been brewing up inside of me. Hey. Think it's time for the Red River rivalry. Y'all got color, that's real cool, that's real cute. Gonna be real nice when he throw a pick too. Get your IQ up, boy, pay attention. Sick of hearing y'all talk about the white encryption. Cause we gonna leave it burnt. Y'all might wanna turn this down, it's gonna hurt. Got 61 wins, see a 46. Numbers don't match, these are facts that you can't dismiss. Like Stoops and the problems that he had with his troops back in 16. And my 16's coming real mean to your whole team. Grab the benzene, let's speak on Barry Switzer. He was cool players, doing a lot more to roll the switches. All now I'm getting vicious. I probably shouldn't get up in this, but I'm committed like the players that you bribe. Welcome to my die drive, this is do or die. I ain't scared of pressure, this is where I rise. Unlike the guys on the other side, yeah, I'm talking Marquise. Can't wait to see them hands flop when it's Marquise. Oh me, oh my, I just dug myself a whole with all these guys, but it's cool because I'm cold. Drop ice out just to throw chills down they saw homie. You already know when them horns go up, it's a dub. It's a dub. Y'all should be afraid of us. Someone read a sermon to trade because he gon' need to pray if we rushing our way. Nah, not today. Like, I ain't wanna really play with all the rumors. I ain't wanna really mess with all the sooners. Love to see y'all think you're important. Boy, stop acting tough. You living normal. Cock back, kill shot when I in it. Y'all can have four quarters, but the outcome ain't changing. Standing ovation from the people that never evaded or debated our greatness through any situation we made it. Now I'm turning into an animal, Hannibal, but I ain't talking burns. Cause we shooting at the gate, boy, I'm talking turns. No, you heard it, but you coward, cause you cowards, and I can't wait to light the tower. Y'all like got bakers, got teeth to save you no more. No more. I'll be laughing, watching your status pointing towards the scoreboard. And this ain't luck, it's by design. And we'll see what happens in due time. Cause after this game, what a number by your name going back like your coach's handline. Good He's lord, that's cold. Got dogs in the front line. Y'all a bunch of felines that are on the decline. This a game to define legacy. And none of y'all next to me sweating me, especially when I be ripping it apart from the jump. Stopping on you like a mad boy. We coming for the hat. Had to put us on the mat when it's all said and done. Y'all already started this week going one. Little boy. All right, well, that was famed uh, Texas rapper and a friend of the show, recurring guest, Aria Bastami's new single called The River. Um, just an incredible uh, little OU diss track there. Great way to start off the uh, rivalry week. Um, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, if you want to see the full video, um, it will be in, uh, uh, it'll be on the YouTube uh, video that I do. Um, I really feel like a uh, a radio DJ. Well, thank you very much. That was Aria Bistami. Coming up next, we have Nigel Horshin talking about kittens. Anyways, uh, coming up next, it's not Nigel Horshin talking about kittens, but college football.
All right, so let's do some college football talk. Um, and I think we'll do the same thing we've been doing um, this whole year, just kind of going conference by conference, breaking it down. Um, feel like there's not a ton to talk about, but let's get started. So in the SEC, I'll, I'll break it down simply. Bama's good. Georgia's good. LSU's good. Auburn could be good. Kentucky could be good. That's about it. Um, there, it, It's just there's no reason to say that Am- Alabama's not going to win the, the conference championship or at least be in the conference championship. They're just too good, and they keep dominating. And, and granted, they've also, um, since last time, I mean, they played Louisiana Lafayette. So that's not a great measurement. But this is, this is and, and people are writing, you know, saying this is one of Alabama's best teams ever. I would say definitely offensively it's one of their best teams ever. I don't know about defensively. Um, but without a doubt, Tua is playing out of his mind, and um, – you know, so there's 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 no reason to not put them number one. There's no reason to not say that they're going to win the conference championship. Georgia still looks good. LSU looks really good. They just got to get through Alabama. Auburn again, like I said, they could be good, but um, they also have to get through through Alabama and Kentucky, um, having probably one of the best seasons of the history of the school, undefeated so far. Um, they go into A and M. Hopefully, they can win. Um, they're ranked 13th right now. I can't think of the last time they were ranked in the top 15. So great year for Mark Stoops and the Kentucky Wildcats. Being over to the Big Ten, um, Ohio State edges out Penn State. And I wouldn't say Penn State's completely out of the college football playoff um, talk, but the hard thing for them is at this point, to make it into the college football playoff, you've got to be in, in your conference championship game almost without a doubt. And for them to make it to the Big Ten Conference Championship game, they need Ohio State to lose at least twice. And I just don't know if that's going to happen in the Big Ten. The only only challenge for Ohio State, I would say, left is Michigan. And Michigan struggled to beat Ohio State. So that's why this is an unfortunate loss for Penn State. Because if they were in the other division, they could win out, win the, the Big Ten Championship game. And I think without a doubt, they're in it. They're in the college football playoff. But losing to a team in your division especially a team like Ohio State, who's clearly very talented. Um, it's going to be hard to come back from that. They're definitely going to be have, having to root against Ohio State for the rest of the season. Wisconsin, um, kind of same boat ever since the BYU loss. They're just going to have to win out and win out big. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, if they beat Ohio State in the conference championship, having won out since BYU, I think it would be hard for voters to not put them in the, the college football playoffs. Moving on to the Big 12, I would say, you know, without a doubt, it's OU West Virginia as the front runners. But other than that, you know, the Big 12's wide open. You look at, you know, obviously Texas has a chance to compete. TCU, they lose to Texas, but they're still looking, they're still a solid team. Um, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, well, obviously Tech beats Oklahoma State two weeks ago, then Tech loses to West Virginia, but looks solid. The big question there for them. Their quarterback has a collapsed lung in the hospital. If he can come back and be healthy for the rest of the season, Tech definitely a team to watch out for. Oklahoma State, really good offense. Justice Hill, one of the best running backs in the nation. Um, But the early loss to Tech hurts them as far as competing in the Big 12. But I think there's a definite chance that the Big 12 kind of beats up on each other this year and that you could have a team in the conference championship with two or three losses in conference. And I think that definitely helps Texas as far as Texas is not going to go undefeated through the Big 12, I don't think. And um, I think they could they can definitely beat any team in the Big 12, but I don't think they have enough talent to uh, to say that every week they're going to win. But 
if teams start beating up on each other, obviously we saw two weeks ago Iowa State almost beats OU. If Iowa State can almost beat OU, that means they can almost they can beat just about anybody else. Tech almost comes back against West Virginia. So clearly every team in the Big 12 is beatable, but you know, you got to look at the teams with the best two quarterbacks, and that's that's Will Greer in West Virginia, and that's Kyler Murray in OU. So that's why they're the front runners right now. As far as the Pac-12, um, kind of Pac-12 ACC, definitely the worst two conferences this year. Um, in the Pac-12, Stanford, two weeks ago, really good comeback to beat Oregon, but then they get blown out by Notre Dame. That definitely hurts their playoff chances, um, just because at this point in the season, when you're in such a weak conference, you need all the wins you can to help your strength of schedule resume. And losing, not just losing to Notre Dame, but getting blown out to Notre Dame definitely hurts their chances. They're going to have to win out and look at kind of a similar situation to Wisconsin. Washington, I would say at this point, definitely in control of the Pac-12. They haven't looked super dominant, but their only losses to Auburn. They looked pretty good against BYU over the weekend, winning pretty big. Um, and it went... If they went out, without a doubt, you got to put them in the college football playoff. Um, I think what could really help the Pac-12 is the fact that the ACC is struggling too. And so, you know, if, if no ACT, ACC teams get into the playoff, it really opens the door for a one or two loss Pac-12 team to make it. Um, let's talk about the ACC because this is one of the craziest years, I would say, for the ACC in a long time. Um, they're one of the worst uh, craziest and most fun conferences to watch this year just because the things that have happened are, you know, are insane. Florida State looking terrible, and then they come back and beat Louisville. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, Virginia Tech loses to Old Dominion. Old Dominion? I mean, I, that doesn't even sound like a, a college in the U.S. And um, just an incredible upset by Old Dominion, winning by two touchdowns against a Virginia Tech team who, you know, was looking like they could have a chance to contend for the college football playoff but at this point I would say that loss just about takes them out of it but then you look at that they lose to Old Dominion come back the next week and beat a ranked Duke and so ACC really beating up on each other that's not going to help and um, the crazy thing is Virginia Tech is ranked again and so for them to lose to Old Dominion drop out of the rankings and then you know a week later be back um, really is crazy uh, but the front runner of the ACC is Clemson and they're looking not great. Um, almost loses to, granted, a solid Syracuse team, but it's Syracuse. And um, what happened in that game, Trevor Lawrence gets injured, um, I want to say in about the second quarter. And obviously, literally three or four days after Kelly Bryant is demoted from starter and says he's going to transfer. And of course, it would be three or four days later that Trevor Lawrence gets injured. Um, so the, the Tigers have to go with the third string quarterback, and they narrowly escape with a win against Clemson. Um, against Syracuse so you know the ACC is or as, as far as Clemson trying to win the ACC if they lose one game in, in in conference I think that just about takes them out of playoff contention just because of how weak of a conference it is Miami still could contend um, I know they have they got blown out by LSU they've won out since then but they just don't look good overall for me to say that they can have a chance of um, being in the in the college football playoff uh, last team here, um, Notre Dame, obviously the independent. And like I said when I was talking about Stanford, um, Notre Dame blows out Stanford, looks really good in there. And I think that was a big win for Notre Dame, Notre Dame as far as getting confidence. Um, you look at um, after the big win against Michigan, they almost lose to Ball State, almost lose to Vanderbilt. And to get the confidence back by 
destroying Stanford. Um, I definitely think this is a team who could um, have a chance to be in the college football playoff. So, speaking of college football playoff, let me get to my Thomas Fitch Sports Show college football playoff top four. Number one, who else but Alabama? You know, I say this five times every podcast. There's no reason not to put Alabama at number one until they lose a game. And, you know, they're just they're destroying everybody. They look as dominant as they have the last five years. It's not fair, but they're really good. Number two, Ohio State. Big win against Penn State. Uh, has them leapfrog up over Georgia there. And kind of, you know, when, when you're trying to decide who's good this early in, in the football season, it's kind of hard when teams are playing, like I said, Alabama playing, you know, Louisiana Lafayette, playing Georgia Southern, all, you know, Foreman, all those teams. And so um, Ohio State having that big win over Penn State kind of solidifies that they are a legitimate contender um, and are a legitimate team. Dwayne Haskins looks really good. Um, that Ohio State defense is really good. So, um, and same thing happened last show. They, uh, we have a uh, little warning test. <laughs> Go figure. Um, but we're just going to keep going through this because we're legit journalists on here. Um, do not worry. This is just a test. Um, what is not a test, Georgia football, really good team. Um, uh, apologize for those beeps again. Um, but uh, Georgia's still undefeated. I think they look really solid. Uh, at this point, the only team who can really, I think, challenge them at, in the SEC East is Kentucky, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, but again, the question with Kentucky is how legit are they? They've played some good teams. They haven't played um, any great teams. I think the Kentucky-Georgia matchup will actually be a good game this year. That's definitely a game I'm looking forward to. The last team I'm going to put in the, the uh, top four right now is going to be Notre Dame. A lot of people don't have them even in the top five, but I think the convincing win over Stanford is what boosts them up over there, um, over a, a lot of good teams. And you know, at this point in the season, like I like I've been saying, you know, it's it's whoever's beaten good teams. And a lot of a lot of the teams who are in the top ten, who I didn't put in the top four, are undefeated, but they really haven't beat anybody legit. And Stanford is a legit team um, who has KJ Costello. It's a great quarterback. And so for, Stan for for Notre Dame to go in there and get the big win, I, that's that's why I have them there in the top four. On the outside looking in, um, I put in Clemson there. Uh, I just bumped them out of the out of the top four after last week. Um, the the close game against against Syracuse definitely puts a question mark on them, and just the fact that the the uh, health of Trevor Lawrence is up into question. Um, you know, if he's healthy and he's able to come back, I think there's a team that. Could be undefeated, could make their way into the college football playoff. But um, the defense also struggled in that game, too. And that's kind of the strong point of this Clemson team is their, is their defense. And so the fact that they would struggle against Syracuse um, definitely worries me about that team. Uh, another team on the outside looking at OU. Um, and OU is just one of those teams that really hasn't been tested yet. Um, and they look good. Kyler Murray's really good. But, you know, a close, close test against Army, a close game against Iowa State. And, you know, it's definitely a beatable OU team. And it's, I don't want to, Kyler Murray, he's not a young quarterback, you know, be, because he is the redshirt junior and he's been in college football for a while. But he is new to the OU system, um, being a transfer. And there's just the whole problem of, you know, he is drafted, he was drafted in the MLB. He has a 3 or $5 million contract guaranteed for him. And so down the stretch, does he avoid hits and, you know, play kind of conservatively because he knows that he needs to stay healthy to uh, guarantee his MLB contract. 
definitely uh, the possibility there. Last team I have on the outside looking at LSU, um, and you know I say this every week, but for LSU to make in the playoff, they have to get through Alabama. There's no way I don't think this year that they can make the playoff losing the SEC West. And do I think there's a chance they can beat Alabama? I really actually don't. I know this is a really solid LSU team, but there's just no um, there, there's no good quarterback for LSU. You know, I know the quarterback. I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, he's played decent, but I just don't think this LSU team has the firepower to compete with Alabama and to keep up with Alabama offensively. Um, I could be wrong. I've been wrong a lot in the past, but at this point, um, I think you know LSU is just in the unfortunate scenario of having to be in the SEC West when Alabama is this dominant. Uh, I think some other teams, Washington has a chance to make it in there, Wisconsin like I've talked about, but those are teams that aren't as good, but if they win out, I think they'll make it. Um, that's going to do it for us for College Football Talk. Um, just for one more time, it is currently at 11.58 or whatever time it is when you're listening to this, and OU still sucks. Have a good OU hate week. Hook'em horns. Let go of everything.